Welcome to the Author's Way podcast, a journey to finding your voice. I believe that our stories are powerful. Our experience have helped to teach us important lessons and our stories help us to use those lessons to teach others. Stay tuned to hear some great stories and learn how you can use your own stories to raise your professional profile, promote your brand and become a published author. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of the Author's Way podcast, A Journey to Finding Your Voice. I am so excited that you have joined me today. I am very happy that Amy Lyle is my guest today. Amy is a fascinating person. She is a, an author. She is a screenwriter. She has done stand-up comedy. She has her own talk show. And so we're going to be talking to Amy a lot about a little bit about everything that she does, but a lot about the book writing process. She has two has authored two books, and we'll get into those in just a moment. But first, I would like to just remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Execurite. We are a book writing and ghostwriting firm. We help professionals and entrepreneurs to build their legacy and to build their credibility in the marketplace by writing and publishing their own books. We have created a simple system to help writers easily get through the process of writing a book and getting it published and getting it marketed and even can help them become number one Amazon bestsellers. If you have a book in your head, in your heart, in your soul that you really want to get out there, head over to our website. That's execurite.com. That's E-X-E-C-U-W-R-I-G-H-T.com. Take a look at our programs and schedule. feel free to schedule a strategy session. Thank you. And so let's start with Amy. So welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. I am so excited. You have two books that you have written. I'm going to have to look at the titles. I want to get them right. So the first one was The Book of Failures, A Funny Memoir of Missteps, Inadequacies, and Faux Pas. So for those of you who are watching the video, this is what the book looks like. And I want to show you the back. So I love the back. You'll have to spin photoshopped. My face was photoshopped and my butt cheeks were photoshopped. Oh, nice. (laughs) Nice. So you'll have to go check the book out. If you're not, if you're not watching the video, you'll go have to check the book out to, to see the image. She also, her second book is We're All a Mess. It's Okay. A collection of funny essays and one-liners about the struggles of everyday life. And first I want to ask you, Amy, what is the symbol of, is that a llama? That is a real llama. That's actually no, an alpaca. An alpaca. Okay. So what is this? Is there some symbolism around that? And this is on the cover of her book um, in the photo. Okay. So a couple, like a week before the photo shoot, which we did the photo shoot locally in Alfreda, Georgia, and a, a very good friend of mine, Andrea Baranchek, was the photographer and she did the artwork on the first mm-hmm. book. So for the first one, it was just me because it was my, all of my failures. But then the second book, it was a collection of failures that I had collected from families and friends. And so I wanted, you know, that to kind of, you know, so people could tell they're kind of in the same family with the red and the black and everything on the cover. And then 
everybody was, you know, people that were going to be there in the photo shoot, they were texting back and forth, these funny ideas. And somebody threw out, like, we should have an alpaca or a llama or something. And at the same time, this llama video was, was really hot on Facebook. It was like a llama getting out of a car. You probably remember it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that would be so funny. And so I called and called and called. And finally, Atlanta Animal Casting got a hold of me and they're like, that'll be $5,000, you know, to have a llama on set, for, you know? And I was like, how about I give you $500 for 15 minutes? And they go, okay. And so they were literally, the llamas were going from North Georgia to down to South Georgia to a Marvel movie. So the llamas, yeah. they just stopped and picked up 500 bucks on the way down. I can't explain it. It just added this weird element of like craziness to have this, you know, this animal on the scene and it had a, you know, a, a trainer and everything. And I don't know, I just wanted it to be fun and something special because people were taking time off of work to come and, and help me do the the cover and, you know, donating their time. And so I just wanted to do something in addition to like getting them pizza. I wanted to have something really funny and special. And it also helped me. I didn't think of this at the time, but it certainly helped me with social media because every single person wanted a picture with the alpaca. And they were so kind to say, you know, cover shoot with, you know, Amy Lau's new book, we're all a mess. It's okay. So it was a nice way to kind of warm up. People were like, oh, when's this book coming out? Kind of a thing. I love it. I love having some unique element. Yeah. To, okay. Yeah. So then Becky Robinson, who uh, does PR for like tennis, a lot of tennis stuff, like the BB&T in Atlanta and also the New York Open. She's the, the publicist for that. She's like, Amy, look at this. And she sent me a video. She bought this software. You've probably seen it before where you could have any animal, a dog, a cat, a llama, and you have a photograph, a real photograph of them. And then the mouth moves. And you can have them say anything. So Chris Corso, a buddy of mine, is a voiceover guy. And so he, we recorded all of these like 30 funny videos where the alpaca was like, alpacas are from Peru. Funny accent. And he's like, this book is so funny. You're Peter Pants. And then, you know, you got to buy the book. And then at the end of every video, he goes, I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> and so I love that. I know. And so, you know, when you're trying to sell books, you cannot put on Facebook, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, because people will unfollow you. But you can put a funny alpaca <laughs> talking or singing, and then they say something funny and people, so it's like a soft way to remind people mm -hmm. that you have a book. So it worked out perfectly. And thank you, Becky Robinson and marketing for thinking of that idea. <laughs> I love that. I love the uniqueness of it. And I love how you used it and how you really used it for marketing. That's really great. Sometimes I get lucky. <laughs> and then the first book for marketing, I got lucky because it was all about my failures. And so mm. again, to promote the book without saying buy my book every, just once a week on Fridays, I would have a Friday fail. So it's hashtag Friday fail. So I would put a failure, not from the book. I would just put a failure from my everyday life or something about my kids or whatever. And then of course I put the book link and then people would comment on, you know, their failures. And so it was like a fun way to remind people that I had a book and also to remind them like, you're okay. You know, I messed up this week, you know, how was your week? So that was a fun thing too. You know, I've been talking a lot lately about failures and how much they are so important to our lives. 
and how they teach us. And, and there's so many times I think we try, we work so hard to avoid them when they're really okay. Mm -hmm. And they're actually really kind of good for us because it helps us to learn and grow and become better. Yeah. And you always give the example, like if you're in a business meeting or even if you're at dinner with new people and there's one person on the side of you and they're impeccably dressed and they went to Harvard and they're in investment banking and, you know, they have a summer home and their kids go to private school. I mean, all of that's great. But like when I look to the other side and like the person was in a hurry and they have like two matching shoes, you know, their shoes don't match because they were in such a hurry. I'm like, I'm going to hang out with that person, (laughs) you know, that person that doesn't really have it all together. Like I would just rather our failures in life and our our weaknesses are what attract people to us. And and we know there's a limit to that, right? You, You don't want somebody on Facebook. Like I can, this is a true story. Like there was someone who on Facebook was taking me through their entire foot bunion adventure, you know, from the beginning to, and I'm like, that's too much. That's too much. I'm not that interested, but you know, one, one post of like, Hey, this happened. And if you want a recommendation for doctor, that would have been fine. But like the whole thing, but a little bit of self-depreciation and I'm having a hard time with this goes a lot, a long way because it makes people feel comfortable, even in a boss managerial setting to have a boss that says, let me tell you about a mistake that I made when I was a young person. And to have that, it's like, it immediately builds trust. Like you feel like, well, this person realizes that I am going to make mistakes. I want to learn from the mistakes and this person's going to coach me through the mistakes. So it's a really valuable thing to be able to admit your mistakes and go a step further and see the humor. in them. you can't always see the humor in them right away, but you can normally given enough time, you can see the humor in almost, you know, almost anything. Yes. And I have literally been that person that has shown up in two different shoes. As have I. And maybe I'm not. Or I have lost on backwards. Or inside out. Itchy. Oh my gosh, that's a tag. The shirt's on backwards. Yes. Yes. I can't even admit how many times I've done that. Yeah. So what inspired you to write your first book? What what really kind of drove you to do that? Well, the first book, it was a means to an end. I was trying to sell a screenplay. And so I was fortunate to be introduced to a Hollywood attorney, entertainment attorney. And he was like, you can't just show up in Hollywood with a screenplay. He's like, who are you? He's like, nobody knows who you are. He's like, you need to have a book or a blog and you need to get a lot of press. Like if somebody Googles Amy Lyle, your name better come up attached to some kind of comedy thing. And I was like, what? And he's like, write a book. And I was like, what, what should I write a book about? And he's like, write what you know. And you know, that was the end of that. And I, and I swear, Jennifer, like in my mind, I'm like, I have had a lot of failures and it just like, I don't know. It just, I was obsessed, you know, I don't, people have different writing styles, but I would write like 12 hours a day. And then at three in the morning, I'd be like, oh, that's a funny story. And I would get up and I would just, you know, people have different methods, but my method was just like to get it all out and not worry about the grammar or the order of the stories. And um, having a book of short stories is definitely much easier than a novel process. But I would recommend if you're writing a novel to do the same thing. You maybe you have a really strong idea for the beginning of your book and you have a really strong, you know how it's going to end, but you don't know the middle, start writing and it will come to you, but at least start. So anyway, that was, 
that was my process. And then, you know, afterwards I had editors and proofreaders and, you know, all of that. And they cut it down. Both books were over a hundred thousand words originally, and they cut it down to about half to about 50,000. Wow. You had a lot of stories. (laughs) They're like, that story's out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's an important part. That's an important part of the editing process. You have to understand, have to kind of understand the audience, and then you have to understand what's going to resonate with them and be okay with removing part of it. Right. And you, you put the final word. It's your book. Mm -hmm. You know, 90% of the time I agreed with the editor, but some things I would, I would be like, it's my book. Like she didn't write any stories like in the we're all a mess. It's okay. Book. There's a lot of stories about people that are on a vacation that were like almost murdered or kidnapped or, (laughs) you know, somebody who was on a date. They're like, I thought he was going to kill me. And she's like, you can't put that in there. And I'm like, yes, I can. That's a true story. And if anything, Mm -hmm. it might educate some people on, you know, don't, you know, isolate yourself or don't, you know, make sure you tell people where you're, where you're going on a date or on vacation or whatever. But, you know, it had been several years when they told me the story and now they could really laugh about it at the time. It was terrifying, I'm sure, but you know, like most things. And so I was like, no, I am going to put that in there. And I've, I haven't gotten any pushback from putting those stories in there from the readers. You know, that's such a really good point with just being authentic mm-hmm. and being honest and yeah, there may be some times where you, you make those decisions. You say, okay, that, that doesn't really fit with the audience. That doesn't really fit what I'm trying to do. And that's okay. But if you're just, if you're just really trying to be authentic and tell the truth, then yeah. that's what you're doing. Like, I remember she was so upset because there was a true story about someone coming to, to dinner and this isn't, and they had, it was like the guys, you know, the boss was coming over and they had this Labrador retriever and it was in the bedroom. And and that boss was like, come on, bring your dog out. I love dogs. I love dogs. And they're like, no, no, no. He's really rowdy. We don't want to bring him out. And they're like, come on, bring the dog out, bring the dog out. And they, you know, they can find the dog to like their closet or something. So then the dog came out and, you know, the guy was petting it and it was like, it had eaten it. I don't know when it ate the pantyhose, but the pantyhose were. And so the guy, <laughs> and so I remember the editor's like, do you know, if you pull something out of an animal's bottom, the animal could die. You should never do that. And I'm like, okay, well, I didn't know that. And this person didn't know that. And I'll put in a footnote. And so I did. And I was like, just so you know, you know veterinarians say never pull something out of an animal. Call your veterinarian. <laughs> How many people? Okay. I'm not going to not put the story. And it was a hilarious story. And the animal is fine. I wouldn't put it that hurt an animal. I love, I'm an animal. Right. I love animals. Right. Right. So. Yeah, so it's so funny where she really like, <laughs> you know, she pushed back on. It's like, what? <laughs> it's good though that you stood your ground. And, yeah, I stood yes. my ground a few things. Yes. A handful of stories and the rest of them was like, all right, fine. <laughs> so your books are, there's a lot of humor. And then, you know, life is funny. Humor books. (laughs) Yes. So humor is not always easy to write. How is that process for you? When you're writing about something funny or you're trying to create something humorous, is there a process that you use to to get there? Because it it can be challenging. It is challenging. I do do a lot of stand-up comedy Mm. and just locally and stuff. But there is a process and 
shorter is better when you're telling a Mm -hmm. story, even though when you think of like a comedian, like Kevin Hart, it's like, Oh, he told this 10 minute story. He did, but it was a lot of jokes the whole way Mm -hmm. through the whole way through laughing. He's not telling a story. And then there's one punchline. And so that's the thing about telling a story in a book. It's like, normally if you can say, if you can say it in four words, don't say it in five, be concise. And then you have to think about things like if you use the word beer, like, is it funnier to say Pops Blue Ribbon? Is it funnier to say, you know what I mean? Like my car, is it funnier to say it was a Pinto? It was a Chevy Mm -hmm. Chevette. It was, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. certain words and names are funnier than others. And so I think I kind of write all the story out and then I go back and I must read that story, Jennifer, uh, I, I swear to you a hundred times, I read it out loud. And if you read something out loud, you will realize that you don't need the likes and the one day and the, you, you will, it will flush out many, many superfluous words. And then, you know, I just, I just kind of have other rules. I mean, I, I am an avid reader. And so if you read a lot, you kind of pick up some of the you know, good, good habits of that probably. Like if you were talking about your, if you're talking about something like the word vacation, you cannot use the word vacation seven times in a paragraph. You're going to have to mix it up. Hey, we were on vacation. The next time like in Puerto Rico or, you know, whatever you're going to have to, there's just kind of rules. A lot of people ask me to edit their books and I don't want to do it. And I don't do it anymore, but they would start every sentence with I, every (laughs) sentence. was I. And I'm like, you cannot, have you ever read a book before? Not, you can't have every sentence start with I. And they were angry. And I'm like, good luck, publish it. See how that goes. But you can't, no one wants to read that. I went to the store. I had a shop, you know, you got to mix it up. You know, those are such good tips. Even if you're not writing, like removing all of the, the yes. unneeded words, really right. being much more concise with your writing. It, it really helps the stories flow mm-hmm. a lot more easily when you don't have a lot of extra. There have been so many times dialogue. I, yes, yes. Even if you're writing dialogue, even if that is what someone would say, they would say like, or okay, or whatever. It doesn't, ne- that dialogue doesn't necessarily translate word to word in written form. Yes. So I would urge people to take out the likes and the, uh-huhs and not proper English and, and don't, I would not try to make somebody sound like they sound and, unless you're writing a book in like the South or something, right. I maybe get away with it, but it's tricky, isn't it? When you read that, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, it reads a little bit more awkward when it has all those extra. I'm already imagining kind of a Southern accent. If you tell me you're in Connecticut, I don't, you know, pop the cot, like, don't try to spell that out for me. I know what that sounds like. Yes. Sometimes it comes across as ridiculous when you read it. That's just my opinion. Everybody can have their own opinion. Maybe people really like it when they try to do a dialect or whatever by spelling it phonetically or whatever, but I'm just saying I wouldn't do it. Yeah, there are certain situations, but I agree with you. It comes across as awkward and when it's read, it may not sound that way when someone is speaking it, but it it's awkward to read it. Right. But you could do an audiobook if you wanted to, to right. that. You could do an audiobook and that would work beautifully. Right. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about one of the questions I get a lot recently is people want to know about 
not just the publishing process, but what happens after your book is published and how you get it out to your audience. And also this whole idea of I'm going to write a book and then go sell a million copies and kind of just some of the misconceptions that there might be out there around around book publishing. So I made every mistake that you could possibly make. So I will share the mistakes and give some suggestions of how to improve that. So I had a giant launch party, Jennifer, that was like as inexpensive as a wedding. (laughs) 333 people showed up. I did not charge a fee. Like that was my biggest mistake. I should have just been as 20 bucks and you get the book. You know what I mean? Like everybody would have paid that. And then I would have had author's copies and I would have made some money, but I didn't do that. I paid for everything, but in hindsight, like would I do it differently? I had 333 people taking pictures. I had big life-size, like six foot by four foot posters of the front and back of the book cover. And you saw the the book of failures. It's like my dress is tucked into my (laughs) underwear. And so, you know, a lot of people took pictures with that. And I had like these funny paddles that had like, you know, I'm addicted to chocolate or I'm a, you know, their failures, like, Mm -hmm. and so they'd hold them up and, you know, and so it did generate hundreds of social media posts, which the book was a bestseller. It was the number one bestseller for days and days and days and days on Amazon above because it's a humor book. Like I'm competing against like Trevor Noah, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, David Sedaris, Jenny Lawson. And so for me, did I get a good return on that? No, but did it kick off some really good things with Amazon? Because if you're a number one bestseller, especially multiple times on Amazon, they do some things for you. And it was like, because it was number one in that category, Also organically, it was like, if you bought Jenny Lawson's book, it would say, if you like Jenny Lawson, you like Amy Lyle. If you like Tina Fey, you'll like Amy Lyle. And you can't do that unless you sell a lot of books. And so would I do it over again? I don't know, but that worked for me. But if you don't have the budget, which I didn't have the budget either, I charged on my credit card, but if you don't have the budget to do that, something that you can do that will almost guarantee you a number one spot on Amazon, because Jennifer, people don't maybe don't know that that's refreshed every two hours. And so what you could do is invite, you know, as many people that you, that you really like, like if you know 20 people or 30 people, you could invite them to say, look, I'm getting ready to launch a book. All I'm asking is, could I tag you in like, you know, my book cover reveal? Could I tag you with the title, you know, kind of things leading up to your book launch and have kind of people for free be sending that out. Cause imagine if you had 20 people and they only had a thousand followers, you're still, now you've reached 20,000 people. And then with the goal of kind of one, two, three, buying the book on the same day. And if you all bought the book on the same day, I mean, you and I both know, I mean, you could sell 20 books and you probably will be the number one seller in most categories, unless you're like competing against Clancy dropping a book. You know what I mean? Like even competing against Trevor Noah and Tina Fey, selling 20 books a day would put me in the number one spot. So that's a really easy thing to do. Just ask people if they would be part of, or if you're, if you'd rather have Instagram, you know, they share your story, but to have an agreement, like, and you don't wear them out. Maybe it's one post a week, you know, leading up to your launch or something. And that's all you're asking them to do is kind of build excitement. And then on the day of your launch, that they please post, you know, the link and some instructions like, Hey, could you, you know, we're looking for you to buy it, you know, on this day. 
That's those a good, are great tips. Yeah. Very cheap way to do it. Yes. Yeah. And then the other way that you sell, I think the most books, and it depends on what kind of book you have. I think it's very hard for children's authors to get like big, you know, speaking engagements. But if you could book speaking engagements with like, I did a, a lot of women's groups and stuff like that and have the books available. That's a great way to sell books. And sometimes they'll pay you to do the speaking engagement and they'll let you sell books, which is a, a really great way. That is nice. That is nice. One of the things that I talk to people about is the ROI of the book. So the return on investment. And a lot of times it's not the number of books sold. There's a lot of different value you can get out of having a book. Yes. So what have you seen since you've written so since you've written your books as far as like, you know, besides just the income coming in from selling the books, what are some other benefits that you've seen? Yeah, that you've for seen? me, Jennifer, it 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 literally changed my life. It changed my life. Like I wrote a book and I was trying to get this screenplay going. And so he told me, get a lot of press. And so, I mean, and my friend Becky helped me, you know, write a press release and I sent, you know, funny pictures of myself and bunny stories and kind of like this, you know, a couple little excerpts, you know, punchlines kind of from the book. And I mean, I sent it to podcasters, local television shows, local radio shows, Oprah, you know, I sent it, it was a job. It was a full-time job trying to get publicity. And out of that, like, I know this is very local, but like I live in a, a fairly large County, you know, to a you know, couple hundred thousand people, that's fairly large. And it was like, I was so fortunate over the past three years to be featured in most of the time on the cover of like Alpharetta lifestyles, 400, you know, life points North, like on the cover of big six or seven pictures and the Atlanta journal constitution picked up. And then I got picked up by Atlanta company locally, which comes on right after the today show. And they um, asked to interview me. The interview is only three minutes. I mean, it's very hard, you know, but they asked me if I wanted to stay kind of at the end of the show as a filler, you know, if they have seven minutes left or 11 minutes left, they have this little round table normally, you know, with women talking about a mom issue or something. And I said, sure, Jennifer, I did that. And they invited me back on that talk show every other Tuesday for three years until COVID. And then they didn't have a talk. They didn't do the show anymore. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And then I started getting like paid started doing speaking engagements for free to sell books. And then I was like, someone told me like, you know, they're going to have any other speaker they'd have to pay, ask them to pay you. So then I started doing paid speaking engagements, which was nice. And then, okay. I'm not saying if you write a book, this is going to happen to you. I'm just saying this happened to me. So then a guy that I knew that lived a couple of blocks from me, I mean, I didn't know him, but we went to the same church. He saw me do a little interview. It's Kelly Young and she has a podcast And she had me on her show and he watched her show and he Facebook messaged me and said, I saw you on the Kelly show. I am writing a movie short and I think you would be perfect for the role. And I was like, I'm not an actor. I don't want to do that. And he's like, no, I know you can do it. It's, and I was like, well, what's the role? And he goes, you're a recruiter. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was a recruiter in real life for 15 years. And so it was called the interviewers. Anyway, I did that. And then while I was on set, you know, you meet the producers and the lighting people and all those people, you start to talk to them at breaks or whatever. And then I got invited to do another movie role. Like, and even though they were local in Atlanta and they were independent, like what an 
amazing experience, you know? And my husband's like, so basically you worked all day for three tacos. I'm like, yes, (laughs) yes, I did. But you know, the whole time you're kind of building your, your creative resume, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. I really love that. And I love the fact that this didn't just happen because you republished a book. You worked at this. This was a lot of work that you put in to get all of these. And along the way, you recognize those additional opportunities that you could take advantage of. Yeah. And it led to like after Atlanta Company, another UI media in Roswell was like, oh, do you want to be a guest? And I said, sure. And then I was a guest and they're like, oh, you're, would you like to host? Like if we're out of town? And I was like, sure. And then like, would you like to have your own show? And I was like, okay. And so you just never know. And so then, you know, my friend Gina and I, we do, you know, in the burbs, Hmm. you can watch on Facebook, Roku or YouTube (laughs) in the burbs with Amy and Gina. And like you, Jennifer, it's like, I, I love reading a book and reaching out to the author and be like, I love this book. This is why I love it. Would you want to talk to me for a few minutes about why you wrote the book? And I just, I love it. And it's so hard as as an author to get publicity. You know, there's Mm -hmm. how many millions of books. So I, I love paying that forward for all the people that have interviewed me to pay that forward and try to shine the light on them. And then we also have, it's just fun having your own show because whoever you're interested in, you can, it surprises you who says yes. And who says no, like we had a actor from the Queens gambit on one of the twins and he was lovely Russell Dennis. And I don't know you never know when your paths will cross, you know, uh, again. So it's been really, I never dreamed in a million years. And you know what? I still haven't gotten my screenplay made. I'm in the process of something really exciting with that. But if it never comes to be Jennifer, I'm like, look at all the exciting things and interesting things I've done in my life that have been really fun. And what more could you want? Right? Right. Right. (laughs) So your book is about, your first book is about the book of failures. What were some of the challenges, maybe some of the failures that you had just in writing the book? What were some of the things that you ran into when, and how did you find ways to get past those? hardest thing of writing a book is sitting down and hammering it out. Like, cause it's, you know, there's a million other things. All of a sudden you're like that closet really needs cleaned because <laughs> it's hard to sit down. And especially, I mean, with anything, I mean, this is a book of you know 300 pages of funny stories. Like that's a lot of stories. And so, you know, I had to do a lot of research on that. I was like calling friends and family and like, remember that funny story, you know, how'd it go? And so I think a lot of it's, it's that it's just coming up with enough content. You know, I think it's different if you have a book, like, let's say you're a personal coach or you're an expert. Like, you know, I read a really tiny book on Ted talks. That was something that came out of this as I was invited to a Ted talk. It's called Mm -hmm. finding the funny and the crummy in um, Beacon Street, you know, Boston's Beacon Street. It was a bucket list item that I wanted to do. So it was really fun. But the TED Talk book, it was like tips on how to get a TED Talk. I did not expect that book to be as big as a novel. You know what I mean? It was maybe 50 pages. But if you were writing a book and you're calling it a novel or a memoir, I don't want a 50-page book. It will make them angry and you will get bad reviews because of it, because they spent $12 or $15 and it's 50 pages. So that's something that you have to think about is don't rush the process. Like you really need to have a substantial book. It needs to be probably a minimum of like 50,000 words. That was told to me. And ever since that was told to me, I recognize that I do feel jipped. <laughs> it's, I 
but it's a lot shorter than that. That's really good advice. One of the things that I talk to people about is they put deadlines on themselves and then try to rush the process. And it's such a creative process and creative processes don't work necessarily the same way as other processes. No, So you have to kind of give yourself a little bit of grace and time to work through it. And you can't get inspired. Like if you're writing a novel or a love story or a funny book or whatever, you can't just sit there. I mean, I guess some people can, but literally sometimes you have to be out in the world and give your permission to be out in the world because that's where your inspiration is. Like Mm -hmm. going outside and taking your dogs for walks or anyway, you're exactly right. It's don't rush the process really. And you can, you know, you start to work with an editor and they may say, Hey, you need this many more chapters in here and then just kind of work through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have so enjoyed this conversation. I don't want to keep you, but this has been great. You've had some really, really good advice and some funny stories. So I have enjoyed this. Tell us what you have though going on right now or what's next for you. Okay. I'm going to request a prayers and good vibes because after I'm not kidding you, Jennifer, if this book, this movie ever gets picked up, it'll be a decade process. <laughs> and what I'm finding out is that's not unusual. That's not unusual mm-hmm. for somebody to have a project. And they're like, oh yeah, 20 years later. So this is my best shot at this. And our producer picked it up and they asked me to turn it into a sitcom, which I did. And it's being shopped. So I'm asking for prayers and good vibes with that because it's just going to be a show that would make continue to make people feel good about if you're a working mom or you're a stay-at-home mom and just we're all doing the best for our families and there's a lot of humor with doing that, you know? So that's what I have coming up, hopefully. And then I'm really enjoying being on In the Burbs, as you mentioned, In the Burbs with Amy and Gina, which again, they can watch on Facebook, In the Burbs with Amy and Gina or Roku under UI Media Suite shows. If you do UI Media, you'll see In the Burbs or on YouTube, In the Burbs with Amy and Gina. We're having a lot of fun with that. We do it every other Wednesday. It's an hour long show. We usually have four, three or four guests. And I've seen that show. It is great. It is very entertaining. So I recommend, recommend people watching. And we'll be sending lots of prayers, good vibes, <laughs> great energy, Crossing fingers, everything we need to do for the show that, and you know, you'll have to, you'll have to come on again when that happens and talk about it to be, then I just want it to be revealed. What am I supposed to be doing? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, that's okay if the answer is no, but it's like, I would just be happy being a writer on anyone's show. You know, I just love writing and the writing process. So Yes, absolutely. For the the goodbye. And the books, The Book of Failure by Amy Lyle and We're All a Mess, It's Okay, are available almost anywhere you buy books, Barnes & Noble or Amazon or BookBub or Walmart, wherever. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. One last question before we wrap up. I always like to ask this to the guest. What books do you have, book or books do you have that have inspired you or really something over the years that you've gone to and has really brought you a lot of joy, a lot of happiness or a lot of inspiration? Okay, I'm going to mention two authors because they're complete different on the spectrum. So one is Jenny Lawson, who is a, is a humor writer, and she is so funny and ridiculous and self-depreciating. And it really, by reading her book, it's called Let's Pretend This Never Happened. Now, she's written three or four books since then. I, I have them all. But like 
Jennifer, I will try to tell. And it's so sweet because a lot of times, again, her book is next to my book, right? They're like, hey, if you like Amy Lau, you're like Jenny Lawson, you like Jenny Lawson, you like Amy Lau. And so if you guys love the blog S, you'll love my books. But I love her books so much. And it's the same. It's like funny stories, right? Little mm-hmm. vignettes of stories. So that's one. And she really, I was like, what? I could write a book like that. It's just a book of funny stories, funny, true stories. I could do that. So she really inspired me to like, just be authentic. And if you pooped your pants at a Duran Duran concert, just go ahead and say it, you know? And then the other writer that I really love is, I don't know if you've read, his name is Amor Tolls. And he wrote the book, Rules of Civility. He wrote the book, A Gentleman in Moscow. His newest book is The Lincoln Highway. And he I don't know if you like Anna Karenin or War and Peace, classic books, but he is like the Tolstoy of our generation. He's an American. He's not Russian, but it's the, every sentence, Jennifer, is so beautiful. Like every sentence is beautiful. And the, you know, the first book's about the 1920s and a young woman coming of age. And the second book was about Russia moving towards communism and one person struggle. Anyway, I know they're very different. But like, I just have real appreciation. I, I, I just, because I don't have that, like, I'm not a novel writer, a novelist. So when someone writes that writes well, like that, I'm, I'm so envious of their talents because really I can only write funny stories. That's it. <laughs> I'm limited. Really great funny stories though. Yes. Really quick funny stories. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'll have to check out both of those authors. I'm not familiar with them. Definitely will we'll be checking them out. I am a huge fan of Anna Karenina, one of my one of my all-time favorites. So I'll definitely be looking you, at those up. Talk to me and tell me if the writing kind of reminds mm-hmm. you. It's just beautiful. It's mm-hmm. wait, my book is beautiful too. I'm trying I'm selling them more yes. to books, and he's New York Times. So <laughs> Buy Amy Lyle's books. Those are the Yes. Best. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I have enjoyed this and love hearing your stories, love hearing your advice and really appreciate it. And definitely we'll schedule that you back on when you have more to share about the show. Even if it's a failure. I'll have Even if it's story. a failure. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Jennifer. I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. Yes. All right. Well, thanks so much. And Thanks, everyone, all the listeners for listening. And if you enjoyed this, please go out and leave us a a review, a rating, and looking forward to seeing you again next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Author's Way podcast. I'd love to hear from you about any future topics you'd like me to cover or other authors you would like to hear from. Head over to my Facebook page, The Author's Way, like that page, and join a community of writers, authors, and fans. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thanks again, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next time.